Good day, brothers and sisters in Christ. How's everybody going? Hope everyone is keeping safe from this coronavirus. You know, always wash your hands, stay six feet apart, and always wear your mask. That's mandatory. Always wear your mask. Because you might think you can't get it, but you can carry it and give it to somebody who can die from it. So I ask you when I plead to you, always, six feet apart, always wash your hands and always wear your mask. And wash your hands for 20 seconds or more. Like I said before, you can say the hour father while washing your hands. Or you could count your ABCs. <clears throat> or you could count to 20 or 30. Thank you. Today, I want to talk about Questions I've been getting. Should Christians celebrate Christmas? <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of religions out there that don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, Jehovah Witness is one. They don't celebrate Christmas. They don't celebrate birthdays. You know, they, <clears throat> they firmly believe that it's a pagan holiday. So, should Christians celebrate Christmas? Or how should a Christian celebrate Christmas? You see, these are questions of concerns of many sincere believers. In fact, many believe and believers dislike the season and have refused to celebrate it at all. A number of reasons are given. And while I might agree with some of their concerns and some of their reasons that they offer against the observation of Christmas, I would not necessarily agree with their conclusions. Okay, see, one day <clears throat> I happened to catch a preacher on TV denouncing the celebration of Christmas. He was saying it is a pagan holiday and that Christ could not have been born in December. He used some Old Testament passages that showed <clears throat> how the Christmas tree was idolatrous and ab abomination. He quoted Jeremiah 10, 2-4, which reads, Thus say the Lord, Thus say the Lord, Do not learn the way of the nations, and do not be terrified by the signs of the heavens, although the nations are terrified by them. For the customs of the people are delusion, because it is wood cut from the forest, the work of the hands of the craftsman with a cutting tool. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers so that it will never totter. He then quoted Isaiah 44, 14, 15. Surely he cuts cedars for himself and takes a cypress or an oak and raises it for himself among the trees of the forest. He plants a fir and the rain makes it grow. Then it becomes something for a man to burn. So he takes one of them and warms himself. He also makes a fire to bake, to bake bread. He also makes a god and worships it. He makes it a graven image and falls down before it. That's idolizing an idol, which you should not do. So finally, he quoted Jeremiah 3.13. Only a knowledge with only knowledge of incredulity 
<clears throat> that you have transgendered against the Lord your God and have scattered your favors to the strangers under every green tree. And you have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. It seems that the points of reference for this preacher were to woodcut from the forest. They decorated with silver and gold. He plants a fir, an evergreen tree, scattered your favors under every green tree and falls down before it. So the preacher went on to say that <clears throat> at Christmas, people take an evergreen tree cut from the forest, then decorate it with ornaments in silver and gold, and then fall down before it when they place their presence under the tree. His conclusion was that it's idolatry. So like people's has an idol and the idol is the tree. So it is this we're in so sad. It would be hilarious, but sincere people hear this and become concerned. As a pastor, I have be, I have people ask me questions such as, are we wrong to celebrate Christmas? No. Is this an idolatry? What should we do about celebrating Christmas? It is in the mentality that I will address in this study. How should believers respond to such questions and to criticism leveled against the celebration of Christmas and the Christmas season? It is scripturally wrong to celebrate Christmas. Is it pagan? Everywhere we go during the season, the signs of Christmas and there with all the glitter, tinsel, lights, greenery, cards, festivities, carols, bells, santas, manger scenes, angels, trees, and presents. And the push by, you go to the city, you know, Madison Avenue, you go to the Macy's, and anywhere you go, the gimmicks and of the retailers. You see, the Christmas season either makes or breaks many businesses. So should we play that part of Scrooge and say, bah humbug? <laughs> Should we call attention to the fact that the certain of certain of Christmas traditions, such as the Yule log and decorated tree and mistletoe, each have their root in the pagan festivals? Should we assert that to celebrate Christmas is to promote paganism and materialism, and thus is just not a biblical thing to do? I personally do not agree with the conclusion. And this short study we will take a look at some of the arguments and issues and consider some of the biblical options open to us believers so to uh argument one christmas is commercialized and materialistic it is said that because of the birth of christ has been commercialized and securalized the real meaning of the season been lost. For the most part, this is true. Even the story about the birth of Christ is often distorted, mocked, or misrepresented. Sorry, sorry, I got tongue-tied. So it's often distorted, mocked, and misrepresented. The meaning of Christmas is said to be the spirit of giving. However, the giving of the Son of God, who, came, who became the babe of the cradle, that he might become the man of the cross and one day reign over the earth with the crown, is forgotten, rejected, or ignored. 
If we use this argument as a legitimate reason for discarding the entire celebration of Christ's birth at Christmas, it would follow that we would end up having to throw out everything, even our Bibles and our wives or husbands. Why? Because Satan and man distort and ruins everything in life. The Bible, sex, marriage, the church, food, everything. So name one thing that Satan doesn't ruin. We don't throw things out just because the word misuses or distorts them. Seeing there's a there's a lot in the 522, Paul says, abstain from every every form of evil because of the because of the translation in King James Version, every appearance of evil. Some have taken this to apply to anything that even looks like it might be evil. As the Naz translation made clear, however, Paul's meaning is to abstain from every genuine form of evil, not what might simply appear to be evil. We are to abstain from what is genuinely evil or wrong according to the index of the Word of God. To abstain from the mere appearance of evil would seem to contradict what the apostles say in the second passage is important to this discussion. In Titus 1.15, the apostle also warns against those who see evil in most anything and condemn it. For these people, a lot of things have the appearance of evil, but purity is first of all matter of the mind and con conscience, not merely the eternal, external. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their mind and their conscience are defiled. Just because the world distorts something, that does not mean it evil. We avoid the distortions and use it as God intended, or in a way that does not go contrary to God's character and holiness. A good illustration is the beauty of sexual love with the bonds of marriage. Scripture doesn't authorize it. You see, the argument is that since we are not clearly authorized by the Bible to celebrate the birth of Christ during such a season, we should have no celebrations or even special services to commemorate the birth of Christ. On the other hand, scriptures does tell us to remember his death in the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, and we celebrate his resurrection by assembling on the first day of the week. But there is no president, president for celebrating his birth. Okay? This is what we could legitimately call hypertonalism in the use of scripture. Such an approach completely misses the spirit and intent of the Bible. Hypertonalism or literaturism is an intense devotion to the details of the Bible in such a way that one misses the spirit and essential thrust of a passage. Mountains are made of molehills, and the truth is missed. One is busy counting the number of letters in a sentence rather than listening to his instruction.
If we apply this argument constantly, we would need to discontinue the use of overheads, music, musical instruments, hymnals, chorus books, the church building, pews, Sunday school, Christian schools, and many other things. Further, there can no there can be no special services or seasons to commemorate these things God has done as with Thanksgiving or dedication service for a new building. Why? Because the only illustrations of such things are found in the Old Testament and not the New Testament. If the New Testament had clearly spoken on this matter, this argument would be correct because the New Testament does take priority over the Old Testament. However, since it has not, the argument from silence is not sufficient reason. Some will argue that the New Testament has not been silent, and that is the third argument we need to consider. Colossians 2, 16-17 Therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink, or in respect to a festival, or a new moon, or Sabbath day. Things which are mere shadow of what it is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Using this passage, it is claimed that the scripture actually warns and forbids the observance of any special months, seasons, days, or religious festivals. But what Colossians 2, 16 and 17 forbids is the celebration of religious seasons or holidays, holy days, when they have been prescribed as religious duty and necessary for holiness and spirituality. In the passage, the apostle is taking, is talking about the Old Testament festivals, which were shadows of the person and work of Christ. But Christ has now come to continue to celebrate them and is to, to continue to celebrate is to dishonor the fact of his coming or to act as though he were never enough for the, for salvation or spiritual spiritually. No <clears throat> what the apostle says, let no one act as your judge in regards to. He is saying, Don't let anyone tell you these things are requirements for fellowship with God. They were only shadows of the person and work of Christ, and he has not only come and fulfilled those shadows, but he is totally sufficient. Colossians 2.16 and 17 <clears throat> in no way forbids believers from commemorating something such as the birth of Christ. If it's done of love, devotion, and the joys the season gives when used as a way of be focusing on the Savior and not as a religious duty. The issue is not the observations, but the reason, the attitudes, and the spirit in which it's done. <clears throat> Furthermore, I believe that there is scriptural precedent, precedent for commemorating and remembering the birth of Christ. This is keeping with the events that occurred around the time of Christ's birth like the appearance of the angel of the Lord with the glory of the Lord to announce the birth of Christ to the shepherds. That's in Luke 2.10-12. To, to <clears throat> the reason of the angels of the announcements of Christ's birth, the actions of the shepherds who left their flocks 
to go and see which was nothing sort of a celebration, Luke 2, 15 to 20. And the arrival of the men from the east bearing gifts as much as the year to two years later, Matthew 2, 12. That was the three kings. There is, of course, the New Testament president for believers meeting together on Sunday. In essence, this is a celebration of the Lord's resurrection. The early church automatically did this, but Scriptures does not command us to do so. In fact, the early church at first met daily and took the Lord's Supper daily. But we don't do that today. Why not? Because these are not binding. We are not under the law. Believers meet on Sunday because of its significance and because they are, the early church set a precedent for it. But it was never commanded in the Bible. Believers did it out of love and out of adoration for the risen Savior. Okay, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to leave you with that. <clears throat> so Christmas, the celebration of Christmas, Christmas trees and presents, Santa Claus is not mentioned in the Bible. Um, that's man-made. Um, it's not bad. You know, some people might say, oh, that's evil. There's nowhere in the Bible that a saint is evil. You know, paganism is, if you look into it, you're going to see it's homosexuality, you know, weird things, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of paganism in the world. There is. There's a lot of evil in the world. But there's a lot of good. Good overcomes evil. And God is with us always. So, read your Bibles. Read the gospel of Jesus Christ. Learn the truth. Don't look to man. Look to Christ. Like I always tell you, I'd rather stand with God and see the world get judged than stand with the world and get judged by God. God over money. God over everything. You guys enjoy your holiday. Stay safe. I can't express it more. Stay safe. Stay safe and stay safe. Wear your mask. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And good night.